Don't let the fact that this is a fun Christmas series stop you from getting to the altar after service if you, or at, at the end if you need it. And don't, don't think that just because we're about to have some fun that we're also not going to take this seriously as well because I think that you can do both. Amen? Would you agree? Okay, so, so uh, yeah, we're in a series and it's just four weeks of Christmas and, um, and uh, one thing that I love to do, and, and I did this last year, but I'm going to do it with a whole different group of, of movies this year, is take Christmas movies and, uh, and just kind of just preach off of them. I teach my children, and, uh, and, and my wife and I have tried to create a culture in our house where um, we, anything that you see can kind of can speak to you about how to be a better follower of Jesus. And, uh, and when you live that way, what happens is you're, you could be driving down the road. I remember one time I was driving down the road, and I saw, I saw the soybean field, and I saw it was like soybeans for, for miles, and I saw some corn stalks growing out of it. And I'm like, man, there is a spiritual implication there. And I pondered on it for weeks and weeks and weeks. How many people do you, do you know ponder on soy fields for weeks? But I did. I was like, God, you're trying to show me something. He finally gave me the word about it and talked about how, how, how the, the, you know, the, that the reason that seed is there is, be, is one of a couple reasons. Either it was something that was laying dormant beneath the surface or, or it was something that, that the uh, farmer didn't clean out of his equipment. And because of that, now it's coming to, to fruition. And I was like, oh, God blew my mind. And I, I want to live a life in such a way where I can learn how to be a better follower of Jesus and I can apply principles to whatever it is that I'm looking at, right? And so we got Christmas movies, and it's Christmas time, and I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. And Okay, like four of you caught it. I, man, you guys do better. That, that's Elf. And, uh, and, and so if we, if we can learn to be better followers of Christ just by, just by, just by picking up on a, on a principle or two while you're watching a movie, I think, and teach your children how to do that as well. What you've done is you've established a culture where you're looking for Jesus everywhere you go. Amen? And you're looking at how to be a better follower of him every opportunity you get. Amen? And uh, so we're going to start this week with the first one. And uh, you already heard a quote from it. Check out the trailer of this week's Christmas movie. Go ahead. Hi. Your costume is pretty. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Oh. Well, technically I'm a human, but I was raised by elves. New Line Cinema presents the story of one elf who's coming home for Christmas. Boy. Can't wait to see my dad. We're, we're going to go ice skating and eat sugar plums. <laughs> Sorry. Now. I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad. We should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper, too. Buddy's experiencing a world he never knew existed. Buddy's your son. What am I going to do? He, he's certifiably insane. <laughs> Discovering what it takes to fit in. And going where no elf has gone before. Ow! Son of a nutcracker! We can take him. Where did you say you were from? This holiday season. I think you're beautiful and my tongue swells up when I am around you. Get ready. I plan out our whole day. I thought maybe we could make gingerbread houses and maybe even hold hands. For a tall tale. How are we going to get the star on top? Of elfish proportions. I got it. Will Ferrell. OK, people, Santa's coming to town. I know him. I know him. Elf. How many of you guys seen the movie Elf before? 
Oh, it's a great one. Great one. Will Ferrell, hilarious in it. And uh, Buddy the Elf. I love it. And you may be wondering, you're like, all right, PT, how are you going to make this play? How on earth are you going to tell me how to follow Jesus by, by the movie Elf? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. So we're going to talk a little bit about how you can parallel your Christian life with the journey that Buddy the Elf went on. Are you guys ready? All right. So how on earth do we do that? Well, it's pretty easy. Right away, and and today's message, you're you're not going to be upset about this. Nobody ever got to church upset that they were going to have a a short and sweet message, much like Dr. Beachy, short and sweet. And I think it's going to, I'm sorry, I don't feel right about that. No, I didn't say that about Wes, but anyway. Uh, so how do we parallel? And uh, I think this, was gonna be, this one's going to be a quick hitter, but I think it's going to be powerful. So the first thing that we're going to see is that Buddy realized something that every follower of Jesus realizes at some point in time or another. See, Buddy's a happy-go-lucky elf. What is his line? I just like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is... Yes, I think some of you got it. Others were not so much. But it doesn't take very long to realize something, and he struggles with it, and that is that Buddy is just different. He's just different. And um, he looks around and he sees that, that, that the people around him are not like him. The people that he works with, the people that he does what he does with, the people that are in his life, they're just different. He's just different than them. And, uh, and, and he doesn't seem to have the same skills that they have, or he doesn't seem to have the same, the same thoughts that they have. And he is a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Have you ever called somebody that before? I just heard a gasp. Somebody knows. That's, that's darn near cussing in elf language. Here's the moment he realizes just how different he is. Check it out a few drawbacks to being a, a human in a, an elf's world. Hey, Ming Ming. Um... I'm going to be a little bit short on today's quota. It's all right, buddy. Just how many extra sketches did you get finished? Come on, buddy, how many? I made, uh, 85. Okay. 85? That puts you 915 off the pace. Why don't you just say it? I'm the worst toy maker in the world. I'm a cotton-headed ninny muggins. <gasps> See, buddy, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins. You're just special. I hate to do this to you, but you think you can help me pick up the slack on those etches catches? No problem. I appreciate it. Buddy is killing me. I already got Lum Lum and Choo Choo pulling doubles. Quick thinking yesterday with that special talents thing. I feel bad for the guy. Just hope he doesn't get wise. Well, he hasn't figured out he's a human by now. I don't think he ever will. Did you see how small the coffee cups were in their hands? They're already tiny humans. 
It just irks me. I just noticed that. That bothers me. It's not proportional. It's not right. I'm angry. So here, here's Buddy the Elf. He, he, he shortly, shortly after this moment, he realizes that he is adopted, that he is an actual human. He's not an elf. And it confirms everything that he always wondered. Why am I like, unlike all these other people? Why, why are they this way and I'm this way? And, and he realizes that he just doesn't belong here anymore. And, and uh, he calls himself a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Guys, don't call yourself that. Don't call yourself that. He realizes he doesn't have the same makeup, that he's different. He's comparing himself and realizes... He realizes that, that, that he's just not the same as everyone else, right? Okay, so I lost my train of thought for a minute. I'm back now. I was thinking about Michigan football and how they won a championship. <laughs> so, actually not true. I was thinking about beef jerky. He's got to be honest. So he has this moment, right? And he realizes he's not like everyone else. Have you ever noticed that the older you get, and I've had these moments, I, I, I've realized that I'm l- unlike the people around me. And, uh, and you know what? I used to, it used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore. It doesn't bother me that I'm different. It doesn't bother me that I don't live like everybody else. It doesn't bother me that I'm thinking on things that other people aren't thinking on. And it used to, but I think the older you get, like when you are younger, the worst thing you can be told is that you're different when you're younger. It breaks your heart, right? Like when you're younger, if somebody tells you you're unlike everybody else, then it is, it is heartbreaking. But as you get older, as someone looks at you and they say to you, you're not like everybody else, it really becomes a compliment, doesn't it? Yeah. Man, when you're young though, when you're young, it's heartbreaking. I think of Forrest Gump, that poor guy, and every time he was trying to, every time he was trying to sit down, can't sit here, seat's taken, bunch of punks. But as he got older, no, wait, this isn't, that's not a Christmas movie. Can I talk about him? When, when you are older, when you hear the words, you're not like everybody else, it becomes something that you long to hear. It becomes something that you want to hear, that I'm not like all these other people. I'm living life differently. And if you've ever been a follower of Jesus very long, if you've ever lived for him, or if you've lived for him for even a short time, you have realized as you look around that who you are is different from the world around you. And my friends, I just want you to understand that is a good thing. Amen? If you're in the factory and you're standing there looking around at all the people that you're working with and you're like, I just don't feel like I fit in, guess what? That's a good thing. If you're hanging out with a bunch of people and they're using foul language and acting like trash and, and just misbehaving and, 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 and you're like, man, I just don't feel like I'm one of these people. Guess what? It's a good thing. In fact, God created us to be different. What is it the phrase I've, I've heard Chad say it multiple times is that we're, we're created to be a peculiar people. I'm hitting the center of the target on that one. I'm just going to be honest with you. But what does it say? In Philippians chapter 3, 17 through 20. And I, I've talked about this before, but I think it's important to, to reaffirm it. My brethren, join in following my example. Not mine. Not mine. Paul's. He's talking about Paul, not me. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Here's a description of the world. For many walk, of whom I have I've told you often 
and tell you even weeping that they are enemies to the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction and whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame. Boy, if you just, if you just watch the news or, you, or if you look at the TV for 15 minutes of your life, you, you see it. The thing that everybody else is giving glory to them for is the very thing that they should be ashamed of. Amen? Who set their mind on what kind of things? Earthly things. Because our citizenship is in heaven. I'm going to say that one more time. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly also await for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Can you see those words at all? Okay, I thought I, I, I might have to work on that. That is tiny. Did you get your readers for that? Yeah, I thought, yeah, he's struggling with it. So what he's saying here, he's saying when you look around and you look at the world around you, don't get caught up in how everybody else is living. And don't wish that you could live that way too. Follow your examples of the people who you know who are men and women of God. Watch how they're living and really emulate that. Guys, i got to say, there's some amazing men and women of God in this building that you can look at and be like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to learn from the way that they're living. There are people in this building that, that they are who I want to be when I grow up, yeah. right? And you can look at them and you can be like, that is my target. How they're following Christ is how I want to follow Christ. And you begin to live that way. Don't be like what you see on InstaFace or Snapbook or ChatSnap or whatever it is that's out there. Don't be those people. I, there's these kids now that I, I'm getting old. These, these two, there's these two kids with tattoos all over their chest and their face, and their hair looks like Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. Anybody seen these guys? I have no idea who they are. I have no idea what they've done to be famous. I've never heard words come out of their mouth. I'm just looking at them and I'm like, how did you end up on my screen? Why, God, why? But I can guarantee you, there's some impressionable teenager that wants to be them. And I'm like, aim way higher. Way, way higher. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do you know who I'm talking about? If you, when you, you will see them. You will see a picture and you'll be like, that's who Pastor Terry was talking about. You'll, you'll see it instantly. Their hair, I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, what he's saying here is, is, is stop, stop worrying about how everybody else is living. Because, because they make earthly, temporal things the most important part of their life. And start following the examples of the ones who have gone before you, and, 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 and your citizenship is in heaven. So if you feel like you don't belong, it's okay. Because your citizenship isn't here. You are here for a short, short time. Your, your citizenship belongs to God. Amen? Amen. You are His. And we're called to reflect His glory, not reflect the shame of the world around us. Amen? And if you've been following Jesus for very long, that gets put to the test. You are faced with the choice. Am I going to live like everybody else, or am I going to live how God's called me to live? I was a follower follower of Jesus for three months when it happened to me. 
the first time where I was like faced with this moment where am I going to live like a follower of Jesus or am I going to live like the world? It was three months. That's an awful lot of pressure on somebody who, who has just given their life to Jesus, especially when you came out of the, the idiocy that I came out of. You know that I haven't come out of all the idiocy, but there's still some there, but it's all good. I had this moment, and uh, I had given my life to the Lord in April of, two, of 1999, and, uh, and it was like July of, two, of, uh, July of 99, and a friend of mine that I, that I grew up with, we were, we were drinking buddies, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I was probably the one who got him started. Because when, when I was in my, in my youth and in my party days, I was the one leading the pack when it came to that stuff. I was the one who, sadly, people that have a drinking problem now, I was the guy that introduced them to it as 11 and 12-year-olds, right? And I remember I'd just given my life to the Lord, and one of, my, one of the guys I would, I would party with often, his name was Travis, and, uh, and I remember going to his house and I remember a party that I would have loved, an atmosphere that I would, have, I would have enjoyed, I now felt all alone. Have you ever had that moment where like the person that I used to be would have loved this? They would have, they would have been going ham right now. But now I just don't feel like I even belong here. Have you ever experienced that before? And I'm standing there and I'm looking around, I'm thinking to myself, there's not one person here who's living how God is calling me to live now. And I remember thinking to myself, I really have a choice here. I can, I can jump back into old Terry and we can, we can have some fun or I could take a stand and let the people around me know, yeah, I'm not that guy anymore. And I remember I said to my friend Travis, he's like, man, here, here's a beer. I'm like, no, I'm good. He's like, what? I said, dude, I'm serving God now. And he looked at me and he goes, God will understand if you have a beer. Let's have that conversation for a minute, shall we? Maybe that's true for somebody else. But for me, a guy who was delivered from alcoholism, for me to take another sip is slapping him in the face. So there's no possible way that's an option for me. And I looked at him, I said, Travis, I don't think God would understand at all. And I also think it's time for me to go. And I was at that party for about 20 minutes. And that was that moment where I was faced with how everybody else was living and how I used to live and how I wanted to live. And I'm standing at the crossroads trying to figure out which one of these paths do I take. If you've been following Jesus for very long at all, you're going to realize that just like Buddy the Elf, you don't belong. You're just a little bit different. And that's okay. That's a good thing. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, you know what, it's all good. I'm just like everybody else. You want to start applying what you're learning here because there's something off. I'm going to be honest with you. The best compliment a follower of Jesus can receive is that, hey, there's something different about you. Amen? So it'd be easy to lose heart because we don't belong here. And if you left it at we don't belong here and that's it, that would be heartbreaking. Amen. 
But the awesome thing is, is he says, he says, not only do you not belong here, but also your citizenship is in heaven. So what he's saying is, yeah, this may not be for you, but there's something over here that's a whole lot better. Something here that's going to blow your mind. Something here that's going to change everything. And you get to be a part of it in eternity, but you also get to be a part of it right now. And that's something that we miss so often is, yeah, we long for eternity and we're excited about that. But there's something here for us now as well. And so now we have to go on this journey. Am I going to live that way or am I going to live this way? And I just want to challenge you. You're in this place where you don't belong and you're trying to find your significance. Don't look for your significance and what you do in the place where you don't belong. Did you hear that? Don't look for your significance in what you do in the place where you don't belong. Remembering that where I am, this is temporary. Even this building, what happens here is eternal, but this building is temporary, right? The lives changed and the souls saved here, those are eternal. That will, that will move, go on and on for eternity. But these chairs and these, these, this stage and these instruments and these ornaments, they all go away. It's all temporary. Your job, temporary. But I love my job. That's awesome. I'm so glad. So many people hate what they do for a living. Your job's still temporary. You should not find your identity in what you do, in the place where you don't belong. But my job's awesome. I get to do this and this, and I get to be this. Okay, that's great. But that's not who you are. Who you are is a follower of Jesus who gets to build houses. Who you are is a follower of Jesus who who gets to to help children learn how to read. It's not the other way around. Amen? So don't find your significance in what you do in the place where you don't belong. And just like Buddy the Elf, now we have to go on a journey to find out where we belong. That's what Buddy does. He goes on a journey, figure it out. He finds out he's adopted. His father lives in New York City. He goes on a search for him, gets hit by a taxi. It's not hard to do in New York City. It's like a big old, anybody walk the streets in New York City, it's like a big old game of Frogger, right? But like a lot of people playing at the same time, and none of them are nice. (laughs) They all all smell like, what does he say in that movie? It smells like mushrooms, and they look like they want to hurt me. So Buddy goes on a journey to find his dad, and uh, he finds out his dad's name is Walter Hobbs, works in the Chrysler building, and here is the first encounter, one of my favorite scenes. Check it out. Dad! <laughs> all right, uh, let's get it over with. I walked all day and night to find you. Uh, you look like you came from the North Pole. That's <laughs> exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, just got off the cell phone with me. You did? So, go on. Go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met. And he wants me to sing him a song. (laughs) 
And um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. I love Buddy the Elf. So he goes on a, he goes on a search. He finds his dad. And that's the first encounter. Obviously, he got thrown out of the building that day. Somebody, yeah, really? Yeah. Boy, I didn't see that coming on. If somebody shows up here with that kind of Chris, Christmas, inst, uh, Chris, Christmas gram, we'll video it and then we're kicking you out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, that guy definitely looked unstable. But so, so, then, so then it goes on and they, they, they have these moments. And at first it wasn't going well. And then they begin to really come together. And Buddy goes from Buddy the Elf to Buddy Walter's son. Does that make sense? He finally becomes Walter's son. And he's able to proclaim to people, yeah, you used to know me as Buddy the Elf, but now you know me as his son. He goes on a journey, and he finds significance, and he finds his identity in his father. You drawing the parallels now? See, I'm telling you, man, you can find how to be a better follower of Christ, even in Christmas movies. Guys, I want to challenge you as your pastor. I'm begging you, let's find our significance and our identity in our Heavenly Father. We put so much time and effort into the temporal world around us. When God says, I've called you to something higher, find your identity in who I say that you are. Find your significance in who I've called you to be. Don't don't put it on all the other things that the world has to offer. Put it on me. Put it on me. Find your identity. Find your significance in me. And I just think that if we are willing to leave the identity of the world behind us and embrace that identity of a follower of Jesus, there's amazing things that can happen as a result. And what does it say? In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not that of yourselves. I love that line in that song we were singing. Where, where they, what, what were the words? I'm thankful that it doesn't depend on what I've done. Yeah. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. For which he prepared, God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Now we can tell the world, I'm not just Matt the chiropractor, and I'm not just... Wes, the the builder or gym owner, I'm not just Terry the accountant. I am the follower of Jesus. I I am a child of God. I belong to him. My identity is wrapped up in who he says I am, not wrapped up in what the world says I am. I don't have to look like everybody else. I'm allowed to be different. I'm allowed to have morals. I'm allowed to have standards. In fact, that's how God called me to live. And he's called me by name, and he's called me to go and impact the world around me. And yes, the world is going to world. That's what they do. They act the way they act. They live the way they live. But you can be different, and God says, be different. 
Be somebody else. Be somebody else. Don't be like everybody else. Find your identity in him. And here's the awesome thing. It says, not only have you been saved by grace through faith, and it's not that of yourselves. Thank God. Thank God that we didn't have to do all this on our own. Amen? It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. But check this out. Not only are we his, we are his workmanship. That means his fingerprints are all over you. And when he formed you in your mother's belly, he crafted you with his hands. And he said, my identity is upon you. And when he brought you to life, he breathed his breath of life into you. You are breathing his God breath in your life. That life-giving, life-altering breath. That's what the Bible says. He says that he has created you and you are his workmanship. But he's created you for good works and he's already placed them ahead for you. All you have to do is choose to live his way, not the world's way. That's it. And God puts opportunities in front of you and you're like, but what if I screw it up? Let me just stop, let me just stop you right there. You will. You will screw it up. It's okay. You will mess it up. It happens. We're human. We fall flat on our face, but what do we do? We receive the grace of God. We allow him to cleanse us, wash us, make us new if it was sin, or if we just made a stupid mistake and he dusts us off in the middle of the path that we're walking and he sends us on. That's what he does. So don't find your significance in who you are in the world and what you do. Find your significance in who you are in him. And live a life where he can use you and live a life where you can stand up and you can say, I'm, I'm Terry. I'm a child of God. I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. But I'm his. I'm going to mess up probably even today. But guess what? I'm his. I'm going to fall flat on my face. But guess what? I'm his. And I don't have to look like everybody else. You go on a search. You search in the word. And you look at who he's called you to be you begin to walk in that and amazing things happen. And I've watched as you've all done that. I've watched as you've walked in these things. I've watched as you have, have walked in the, the, the things that he set before you and the lives around you that have changed because of it. Because you're different. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to be different. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Here's the thing I want to tell you. This, go ahead and turn that down some. If you will apply this principle this holiday season, it's going to cut down on your heartache and it's going to increase your joy. Walk in who he's called you to be. Forget what the world offers and amazing things lie ahead for you. Amen? Listen, I got to pray and I'm going to let you go, but we're going to have our our prayer team and and our, our elders will be here, staff people will be here ready to pray for you. The altars are open. If you don't know what it is to have your identity in Christ, we want to help you. When you find your identity in the world, you'll do whatever the world does. But when you have your identity in Christ, it changes everything. So we want to pray with you about that. Who is he? Who are you? And who has he called you to be? We'll help you with that. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we'd love to talk with you about that. We'll be right here. We'd love to chat with you. 
But this holiday season, as we're moving into December and, and moving into the holidays, my challenge to you is simply this. Don't live life like everybody else. Be different. That's who God called you to be. Remember, your identity is in him. He's got great things ahead for you. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let me pray. Altars are open. We're going to crank up some worship, and uh, we're here to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you for each and every person in this room. And uh, for those who are watching online, even now, uh, for those who may be homesick, Lord God, or, or who, who may not be able to make it here, Lord God, I pray for each and every one of us that we would not find our significance and what we do in the place where we don't belong but that we would find our significance and our identity in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And God, that we would walk in all that you have in store for us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Crank up the music. Worship. Uh, Prayer team members are here for if you need prayer. Altars are open. If you want to talk to me about giving your life to Christ, come see me. We love you guys.